Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello and welcome and thank you to tuning in to Cat Talk Radio, the podcast where we explore the wonderful world of cats. I'm Molly DeVos. And I'm Dewey Vaughn. And we're your hosts of Cat Talk Radio. We're here to give you information that will help you take better care of your cat. And help you bond with your cat more often. Yep. And today we're going to answer seven detailed questions about adolescent cats sent in by a listener named Teague. Yes. And we're excited to dive into anything intriguing and any aspect of feline behavior and development. Today, we'll be talking about a topic that's often overlooked, but crucial for cat owners to understand. And that is, and I think this works also for kids, if you're a parent, adolescence in cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Adolescent kids. I think we'd have a much longer podcast if we were talking about that, but it's not all that different, right? Uh, that's what I was going to say. I think it's all about the same adolescences. <laughs> it, it is because, you know, it during that period, there are some really interesting changes going on in the beings, both behaviorally and, and physiologically, you know? And I think the same thing could be said for teenagers. Well, and I'd yeah. like I'd like to say this. So try this as a practice. Say something to your cat and watch the response. And then say something to your kid and watch the response and see if you don't get the same kind of the same thought from both of them. <laughs> Neither one of them is going to look at you. All right. <laughs> That's a thought, right? <laughs> and so... You know, Teague's first question, let's just jump right into that. She says, when does adolescence begin in cats? And that's obviously a, a great place to start. So adolescence in cats typically begins a, somewhere between six to nine months of age and can last until three years. I know people are surprised to hear that, but that that is the adolescent period in cats. Now, of course, that can vary greatly from one cat to another and you'll see that often if you have siblings one will go through this adolescent period at a different time different stages than the others and you know some cats might actually start showing signs of adolescence as early as four months it can happen that early and some others maybe not until a year old right and teague remembered me saying once in a podcast that cats reach social maturity between two and four years. And that's what prompted her to ask this question about adolescence. Well, thank to you, Teague, for sending in a, uh, and thinking through this. And uh, we always love people sending stuff in. So what are some of those behaviors they exhibit at this age? Yeah, well, like kids, you know, they, they, they want to, test their boundaries of course they get really confident and they get demanding and you know they're less tolerant of course of, of things and and 
they start to test their independence. I mean, I, I think, and your patience, I should say. <laughs> test For <their>, sure. <laughs> <laughs> test their independence, boundaries, and your patience would probably be, <laughs> you know, they they might start fighting amongst themselves if you have multiple cats. They may start door dashing. You may see, you know, more hyperactivity in the early morning, you know, those those middle of the night, early morning frenzied romps around, they might start jumping up onto things that they, you know, didn't before and places you might not want them, like the dining room table and counters, and they might constantly want attention, right? This is where they'll be climbing the screen doors and curtains and, you know, maybe even start being a little aggressive with you and more mouthy, you know, a little more bitey. Cause again, they're, they're testing their boundaries here and they're trying to really figure things out at, at this age. So I think, you know, remember to sum that up, you know, confident, demanding testing of their environment. That's really what's going on at this age. That sounds identical to raising kids at that age. So, <laughs> so yikes. <laughs> you know, I, I'm seeing a bunch of similarities here. Yeah. And I remember that period of time with Pico, our cat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we both said we couldn't wait until he grew up. Our yeah. second our second question though is how does adolescence differ physical physiologically and behaviorally? for intact versus spayed or neuter cats? Mm, that's a good question. And this is a, a real critical point to understand. In fact, when I get asked questions, I get asked questions from reporters a lot. And they'll ask me something and I often have to think, well, I would answer that question totally different if the cat were spayed or neutered or intact. And I would answer that question totally different if the cat were indoor only or an outdoor you know, community stray cats. So it is, that. that's a, a very, very, very good, good question. And so in intact cats, right, adolescence is just like with kids when those hormonal changes start to happen. And, and in cats, that can lead to behaviors like urine marking, aggression, right, territorial type aggression, and and certainly a strong desire to roam around and search for a mate and and procreate and they really mark their territory during this time so you know certain spaying and neutering can obviously help really mitigate or eliminate some of those behaviors and you know i think i think spayed and neutered cats tend to have a smoother transition during adolescence, you know, of course, they have fewer hormone-related issues because those hormones are, are mostly absent in their system. But it, it's, it's essential to remember that those behavioral changes during this time still happen, right? So it's not a guarantee of perfect behavior if you spay or neuter your cat. Um, in fact, I can almost guarantee you'll be challenged by your cat during this period. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and kids. It, I, I can identify with that for sure. <laughs> so moving on to our third question, how does adolescence look different from male and female cats? 
Well, if they're spayed and neutered, there's probably not much difference, really. Again, I think we have to quantify this, but but if intact, the both male and female count cats are gonna experience adolescence a little differently. You know, male cats may be more prone to aggression and territorial marking behaviors. Um, you know, especially when intact, but that can also happen if they're if they're neutered. And female cats actually might display more restlessness and vocalization, especially if they're intact and they're going through their their estrous cycles, their heat cycles, if they're not spayed. But, you know, each cat's personality and individual factors, you know, play a significant role in this because environment, all kinds of things can make it different for different cats. You know, it's... Uh, fascinating how the sex of the cat can influence their behavior during these stages. Now, is that true with kids? You have both boys and girls. and It is. Yeah, yeah. there is a significant difference. Um, now, I didn't have them spay or neutered, but I should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you you might have, with 18,000 grandchildren, you might have thought yeah. about that. <laughs> right, right. You know, and uh, I need them to build the next ark. That's what it is. That's right. So, yeah. Who's going to take care of us and our dotage? Yeah, you know. There will, who's going to wipe the cobwebs off me when I'm doing our thousandth podcast episode? <laughs> oh, no kidding. Yeah, we're going to have to grab one of the grandkids and let them do that. So, <laughs> now let's dive into the brain and explore our fourth question. What's happening? This would be a good question. And if you can figure this out, this would be something that would be very much used uh, in raising kids. What happens in the brain during adolescence? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I would say in cats and with humans and dogs, you know, it's ongoing development and restructuring actually of the brain. What What's happening in there is, you know, that's pruning of neurons and the maturation of the prefrontal cortex. And that plays a crucial role in decision-making and impulse control, right? And that should make a lot of sense. And what happens is that it can affect a cat's behavior and decision-making just like kids during this adolescence period. And this is a time where your consistency in defining boundaries and consequences is vitally important, right? And it's, I mean, really important for them to be able to go on and make proper decisions, appropriate decisions. If you're not consistent in your parenting, then you're going to have a problem. But, you know, it, I think it's also a time where cats become, you know, real bitey. Right, because again, they're they're biting you. Maybe they don't have appropriate bite inhibition or things like that due to their their social development period as kittens. But it's real, real important to identify behaviors that shouldn't be happening and not to reward attention-seeking behaviors. Because a lot of cats will start using their mouths to get your attention during this adolescence period. They'll bite you because you pay attention to them. You know, they don't, they don't really discern between good attention and bad attention. 
they they just want you to pay attention to them. So if you're looking at them and yelling at them, sometimes that's enough for them. So, you know, when you have a bitey cat, especially in adolescence, ignore it. Totally ignore it and and don't reinforce any behaviors you don't want to see more of. All right. That's that's kind of the rule with cat behavior. Pay attention to the behaviors you do want to see. Ignore the behaviors you want to recede. Same thing with kids. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It's all sounding very familiar. So, you know, it's incredible to think about the parallel processes happening in both humans and cats during yes. adolescence, though. I mean, as you're talking, it's so similar that, um, you know, you almost could rewrite this for someone that does some podcast for adolescence for kids. And I think it'd be very close. Interesting. Yeah, that's so, not my specialty, though. Not having birthed any, I uh, I, I stay out <laughs> of that arena completely. <laughs> yeah. So let's go on to our fifth question. Do cats go through fear periods similar to dogs? That's a, you know, that's an interesting question. And I don't know a lot about a dog's developmental. I mean, I know enough, you know, because we compare them to cats a lot when we, when we learn about these things. But, you know, dogs do go through sensitive periods during adolescence um, and, and cats have a different social structure though. You know, there's, I, I don't think there's any clear evidence of fear periods in cats during adolescence, but, but they can still experience heightened sensitivity to new things and changes in their environment during this time, right? They might be a lot more sensitive during adolescence to things changing. And, you know, it, it's kind of like, kind of like thinking about kids, maybe teenage kids being overdramatic, you know, and those hormones are raging and, you know, there's all this stuff, they're oversensitive, they can be really overdramatic. I, I think it's kind of like that, you know, and you just have to pay attention to your cat's reactions to new situations. And, you know, during this adolescence period, make sure you're providing a secure and predictable environment so they don't develop those unwanted behaviors into adulthood. Okay. Now let's move on to the sixth question. What about excitement and hyperarousal slash overstimulation in adolescent cats? Yeah, wow. <laughs> they they definitely have that at that age. Overstimulation is really, really common issue in adolescent cats. And, and it's because they're just like, think about it as they're overwired and every nerve ending is firing all the time, right? And it's not as well documented as it is in dogs, but, but cats can become easily overstimulated, which leads to inappropriate behaviors like aggression and biting and things like that. So it's, really crucial again for you to recognize the cat's boundaries and avoid pushing them into situations that might trigger that overstimulation right this is where that petting satiety comes into play right there are there are neurons it's ct afferent fibers those are neurons that relay the petting sensation 
to the brain. And they've been shown to tire, right, to, to get tired and, and reduce the rate of firing as you're repeated petting, right? And so that means that when that happens, at that, that's the point in time where the cat doesn't like to be pet, right? It's a decrease in the feeling of that being pleasant, right? It, it becomes annoying. And, and at this heightened age, right, that begins to look like overstimulation at that point. Wow. <clears throat> that is interesting to think about for sure. Um, and, well, and especially and, stuff that you had, you don't normally think about. And I think, you know, the bottom line there is, don't over pet your cat. I mean, don't over pet your cat at any stage of their life, but definitely not at this stage because they're going to be over stimulated. You know, their little neurons are, are firing at a much higher degree at this age than at other ages. And for our final question from Teague, what is happening socially for cats during adolescence? Well, this is an interesting question because Social development is intriguing in cats at any age, but certainly during this stage. So I think we got to start with kittens have that social development period between three and seven weeks of age. And they're often taken away from their mothers at like eight to 12 weeks of age. And during both of those periods, they're still developing social skills. So during adolescence, they're continuing to refine their social skills in in interacting with other cats and other animals in the household, right? Dogs and people and everything. They're they're just refining those social skills. And this may be a time too where they're learning how to negotiate social relationships and hierarchies, which is very important because cats don't naturally have a social hierarchy. It's amazing how cats, you know, despite their solitary revolutionary history, can really adapt to living socially when in close proximity to other cats, right? And in fact, um, we did a podcast recently with the author of The Hidden Language of Cats, and it was interesting because she studies cats that are living in colonies. And, and has a remarkable repertoire about how cats communicate with one another in terms of body language and, and things like that, and then how cats communicate to us. And one of the things we discussed during that podcast was, you know, dogs are raised with a social hierarchy. They have, they have relationships and places and status within other members of their group and their family. And cats just don't. In the wild, the mom kicks them out, you know, of their territory at about five months. And they go off to establish their own territories. And they live a solitary life. Unless, you know, there's a reliable and overabundance of reliable food source. And then they've learned to live together and to adapt. So there's a lot of that going on during this adolescent period. They're learning about how do I have relationship with other beings, other cats, dogs in the house, people like our little foster right now is trying to learn to have relationship with me because she's up on the desk for the first time. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. She's, and she's an adolescent. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, folks, so there you have it. Our exploration of adolescents and cats. That's a great job, Molly. You did great work, as well, always. Thanks to Teague for sending in those questions. <laughs> yes, and I was going to thank her next. So thank you very much, Teague. You know, it's a, cr a critical time and a critical stage for any of their development and understanding it may take a significant difference in how we care for our feline friends and in how they act as adult cats. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Because the things they learn during this period really do carry over into adulthood. So, so be careful. Be careful what you do with your cat during this period. And so... We hope you've enjoyed today's episode, and thank you again, T. We really thank all of our listeners for reaching out and giving us suggestions or ideas. Um, this, this was a very thoughtful question, so thank you, T. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to cover, please don't hesitate to email them to molly at cattalkradio.com. Yep, and you can also go to cattalkradio.com and leave us a voice message that sends to us, and we get to hear your question in your very own voice. You know, this is a nonprofit. Cat Talk Radio is an outreach program of Cat Behavior Solutions, all volunteer-based. We take no salaries out of the out of the company at all. Every penny goes towards us helping cats in shelters, helping cats stay in their homes by helping owners deal with unwanted behaviors you know the time it takes to do this podcast and and you know hosting this podcast on the voice america platform those folks have been very generous and kind to us and you know all the things that that we do with that time with without taking salaries out so if you want to help us help those cats too then you can go to the store and shop on our store for some cool things for your cat. We're getting new products in daily. And at the bottom of the store, there's actually donation amounts. Think of it as a, a tip or a gratuity for us doing this podcast for you. You know, if you got a great service in a, in a restaurant, you leave them a tip. Think about that. Go leave us a tip in the form of a donation. You can just <laughs> add it like an item to your cart and check out with your credit card and it's all good. It all goes to to us helping you take better care of your cat and increasing the bond between you and your cat. And we're going to keep doing this as long as shelter, shelter euthanasia, euthanasia is, is the, the number, number one, one cause, cause of, of death, death in, in cats. cats. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? 
on our website, cattalkradio.com. You'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.